Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am thrilled to have Yannicka Oynes on the show. Yannicka is a former musical theater artist in Norway who followed her dream and founded the company Wisdom from North, a Nordic platform for spiritual growth and personal development. More than 60,000 people follow her YouTube channel, where she has interviewed over 400 thought leaders and authors. Her company, Wisdom from North, offers online memberships and online courses with transformational teachers and even live events in Oslo. The heart of Wisdom from North is the membership, which if you're interested, we will put some information in the show notes. So without further ado, welcome to the program, Yannicka. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here and for this conversation. Yes, it's so exciting to have you. So I'm just really curious about Wisdom from North and and how um, you started down this journey. So why don't we just talk briefly about your childhood? And and I know there's a little bit of background there. Oh, yeah, there is. I think there's always a reason uh, when we start, you know, being sort of uh People who want to share a message, it comes from a place. It's not an idea, you know, I'm going to do this and uh, earn a lot of money. No, it comes from really a journey that has been there and a lot of pain. So my journey was that in Norway, I live in Scandinavia. I was a musical theater uh, artist and a child star. So very early on, I got a lot of attention. As a seven-year-old, I landed the role of Little Cosette in Limsa Rabble. It was a big, big theater um, um, show at the moment with a lot of attention. And at that time, we didn't have social media. We just had one TV channel in Norway. So I heard all the time that I was so talented and so professional. And after that, I landed the role of Annie as Annie. And that's, a, wow. you know, the main character. And it just continued like that. Role after role, part after part, and film and uh, record deals. So for me, uh, I, I, I felt like I'm so fortunate. I, I'm, I'm so lucky in life. I, I just feel like things are landing in my lap but at the same time I heard from those around me that you should keep your feet on the ground and don't think you are anything more than you are because in Scandinavia we have this shadow that's called the Yontelå and uh, I know Debbie Ford works a lot with shadows you know everything that we are not comfortable showing the world so we also have cultural shadows uh, and country shadows and especially in Norway, we have this shadow that is the Yanta law that you shouldn't think you are more than you are and you, you should just not take up too much space. So that's what I heard. And I got this conflict within myself because here I am, I need to perform and be good at stage, 
because everybody says I'm so talented, but then who am I outside that stage? Mm. So I started dimming down my light and got very confused about my personality. So when I became uh, 13, 14, I uh, cultivated eating disorders because going from being Annie and a star to all of a sudden should be sexy and uh, part of the gang and all those things, you know, changing my body and the attention just disappeared. I didn't handle that transition. So I sort of lost myself and I didn't know who I was. And my goal was to become this big musical theater artist because ever since I was a child, everybody said, oh, you're going to become someone big on Broadway or something like that. And I believe that myself, that was my big dream to become something big because I just had this golden dust, right? And then it just continued with me not having any contact with myself. And when I reached 20, I landed the world of Rizzo in Greece. Again, I got a lot of attention. Yes. But after that, I went to an audition and I landed the role of Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. And I got that role and that was like the peak of my career. And then my voice started just to become hoarser and hoarser. And to the point that I couldn't hardly speak. So I went to the speech therapist and he found, you know, I, I remember it as it was today that he said, oh, wow, you have big nodules on your voice. You cannot perform at all. You cannot speak for months. And then there and then it was like everything fell apart. I understood that my dream just fell into pieces because I cannot become a Broadway star without a voice that is functioning. So I had to give up that role. My boyfriend left me. I got anxiety of speaking and I fell into a dark depression and I lost all my money. I had no money. So uh, everything fell apart, 21 years old. <laughs> and everything I had, you know, worked for since I was seven was not there. And the depression was all about, I've done something wrong. So God is punishing me clearly. He's taking away my voice. That was a gift. So those were very difficult years. But in those years, fortunately, I... I discovered Oprah Winfrey. I discovered metaphysics. <laughs> I discovered thought leaders and spirituality that taught me that there's something that's called inner power and self-love. And I realized, oh, self-love, that is something I don't have. <laughs> so I have self-confidence. I could perform on stage or I did be able to do that. So I, I had confidence in my ability to do that, but I had no self-esteem, no self-respect, no sense of value if I didn't perform. And I think this is the fact for many people that we can know we're good in cooking. We can know we're good at golf or whatever, taking care of the children, but we don't feel really worthy mm -hmm. as human beings. So that's what I started to realize. And I started to shift a lot of things in my mindset, my perspectives, my beliefs. I realized that I believed what I believed was so disempowering and I needed to shift those beliefs and understood, understand that I'm the boss in my own life. Like 
I'm the one who can decide what I want to do. And it's up to me what I want to do with life. And I'm not just a puppet that's singing for all these directors and people who want me to sing. So that started changing things. And when I became then, uh, fast forward to 2012, I don't think it's a coincidence that it was 2012 because that's when, you know, the Mayan calendar ended and everything, everybody said something is going to shift and it did for me. So a lot of things happened before that, but I just realized that, um, uh, I musical theater wasn't the thing for me anymore, not theater in general. I wanted to do something else. And I just started to study to become a primary teacher. But that wasn't my passion either. So I was so at 30, I was so lost in life. But all of a sudden, I was sitting at a cafe one day with my father. And while I was going to um, college, this thought came down into my mind. And I said to my father, What I really want to do is to travel around the world and interview spiritual teachers and authors about the big questions of life. And he was like, what? And I was like, (laughs) yes, that's what I'm going to do. And it was like a light bulb went on in my head, off in my head. And the name Wisdom from Noise dropped into my mind while I was jogging that same day. I got $5,000 into my account that week because I got a commercial and a TV job and that hadn't happened for years. And all of a sudden I could buy a website, I could buy a camera and I started interviewing Ibn Alexander and Akiyana Kramarik and Byron Katie and uh, Lorna Byrne and all these amazing people. And here I am today Uh, 10 years later and I have a company and we're producing online courses with teachers and I have a big network when it comes to teachers I have a membership with 50 master classes with teachers and I don't know I I just followed my heart right yeah wow what a story well I remember someone being on the podcast before when we were talking about children and how the world takes from a child many times the one thing and and caregivers the one thing they like about that child you know and the other stuff is kind of stuffed away and so that child then makes themselves just all about that one thing and they don't explore you know the other avenues and it can be so it can be very very difficult yeah when when those things fall apart do you agree with that Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I interviewed Bruce Lipton and he spoke about how we are like record machines from where Mm -hmm. zero to seven years old, only being emotional beings. We're not rational at all. So if our parents are saying, are you so good at singing? And that's what they're focusing on all the time. That means that we identify with that. If they say that, oh, you are so messy. And sometimes you know, that's easy to say, oh, you're so messy. Why can't you just be more like your sister or that it slips out of their mouth? Mm -hmm. But that can create a meaning for the child. Like I am messy. I am not what I did was messy right now, but yes, I am. I am the truth of who I am. And they can carry that with them. So the way we were met as children is the way we meet ourselves as adults. And that's interesting. So looking at how was I met with my emotions as a child, that is mirrored when you are an adult, how you meet yourself, because that's how you learned. 
you know, that's how you learned the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, that is how they reflect uh, the world back to me about myself. So that is how I should treat myself. It's just happening in the subconscious. So that is why why it's so important to go back and see what, what did actually happen. Or you don't always have to go back and understand, but what I teach people is to become aware of those limiting beliefs they have about themselves and start to shift them. Because if you believe that um, I am not creative, for instance, or I am not this, or I can't do that because then you notice a limiting belief that is not necessarily true. It's just true because you believe in it and we make it more true. So we subscribe to these beliefs about life. So start to look at what you believe. And a belief is always coming before a thought. So um, if you think a thought enough times, it can also become a belief. Yes. You think something over and over again, then it, it can become a belief. But often it starts with the beliefs that, you know, if you want to go on a date, well, what's the point, you know, with me showing up? It's not going like, I don't believe in marriages anyway, or something's going to happen. He's not going to like me. Okay. So what is the belief behind that? And you're Look putting that, that energy out into the world, into the universe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, that makes so much sense to me. And I, I listened to um, an interview that you gave and you, you talked about, which is so beautiful because you are such an example of this, of one, a person finding their purpose. Let's say someone isn't downloaded you know, like, like you were, and I was also downloaded in many ways, but you talk about soul themes. Can you, can you chat about that a little bit? Yeah, it's an interesting topic. And I actually do webinars about this because yeah. this is one of my passions. And I think a passion, and now we are talking about the soul, um, a purpose, a passion and the life purpose often comes from your pain and what you've been through. That's the first hint. So I've been so lost in my life, like I told you, like being 30, having no idea what to do, had no relationship, uh, no family. I was like, and at that stage, many people have companies or are secure in their jobs. So I don't know. That was yeah. my picture. But I was like, I don't know what to do in life. So I've been so looking for my purpose, but then it started to unfold. And that's what I'm speaking to others today. So Okay, let me speak first about uh, soul theme. So we'll we'll get this together. <laughs> soul <Great>. theme. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a soul theme is different, a bit different than a soul purpose. So I learned this the first time through a teacher called Sita Piquet who we have a course with on Wisdom from North. She's American and uh, she has many masterclasses in my membership. And she had a class called Discover Your Soul Themes. And there I learned about this. So we are born with, this is the rule and there are always exceptions, but three to five soul themes. So as souls, we decide that, okay, I want to learn about something. Maybe I want to learn about self-love. I want to learn about manifestation. I want to learn about victimhood. Uh, I want to learn about uh, patience. Uh, 
So we choose certain soul themes that we're going to learn about. Before and then we in, come, before yeah. we come into this earthly realm. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, and in order to, and those soul themes are typical things that you feel, but I've worked with this and now it's coming again. I thought I was done with that. That is a typical soul theme. And I've been speaking to my girlfriend and she's like, oh, you know, that's not an issue for me. Why are you so upset about that? And I'm like, but I'm not upset about what you're upset about. And we've been speaking about this. And that is in relation to our soul theme, mm -hmm. that it's triggering and it's such a big thing for us individually. So in order to learn something about something, you need to have the contrast. So if I'm going to learn about self-love, that means that I need to lack and struggle with self-love at first. If I'm going to learn about patience, I need to be patient about something, right? So I need to, in life, like feel like things are coming so slow to me. I need to be patient. I need to be patient. And... Uh, the thing is that you have in this life the capacity to master it. You know, that's like the golden egg. You have the capacity to master it. So for me, I feel like my soul theme has been patience, uh, that I'm waiting and waiting for things and I'm I'm a bit slow with things, like I'm not married yet and I'm, I don't have children yet and all these things. And it took me a long time to find my passion in life. And, <laughs> and then self-love as well. And here it's where it comes together with the soul purpose, because the soul theme can influence your purpose. Because today I feel my purpose is to help others love themselves, mm -hmm. find meaning in their lives, find their purpose. Why are they here? Why are they here? So I know something about self-love. I know something about not having a purpose or feeling that I've lost my purpose. That is what I can teach others about. And that's where I... Uh, spoke about that it comes from your pain often because yes. you cannot teach others what you don't know in yourself and that's where things start to make sense oh you know that's why I had to lose my voice in order to find a deeper voice so your life makes sense backwards when you look back at the timeline and you you know, you start to observe a bit. I think you can see a red thread. Yes. See that there, there's an intelligence here. And what have I learned through all the things I've been through? Oh, I know something about it. And you don't have to be a master of what you've learned. If you're going to teach, you just need to be one step ahead of those you're going to teach this about. Now, a soul theme doesn't have to be that you're you're going to be a teacher. The way I see it is, this is the reason why you're born is the reason why you're here. And like Oprah Winfrey saying, it's what makes you most alive. So it's pretty important. It's what, you know, fires you up. Yeah. Why are you getting out of bed? It can be to express your truth, live your truth, be authentic. So let's say you have an urge to go to France. You just have an urge and then you go there and you meet the love of your life. And you're supposed to heal something together from past lives. And maybe you create something together. Maybe that was pivotal that you met together. Mm -hmm. You follow that hunch. Maybe it is to create something, you know, like Steve Jobs or 
Oprah Winfrey, those, you know, typical examples. Right. Uh, but it can also be just to, you know, have children and be that mother and uh, uh, transfer that love. So it's all about expressing your uniqueness. Now, what I see is a hindrance to this is fear and ignorance. So we ignore the calling. I think most of us have this inner whisper that says, oh, I would love to do this. I would love to do that. But we ignore our feelings. And other friends may say, you're so good at this. I love when you, etc." But we rationalize it away or we don't take in the signs that life is giving us. So we have angels all around as friends, you know, appearing as other things, but giving us signals on what, where, what direction life wants us to go, but we ignore it. Maybe we see 22 all the time or see an animal all the time and we ignore it. I'm generalizing now a lot just to make an example. So life is speaking to us constantly. Our bodies are speaking to us constantly. How do you feel like with those people or with those people? It's speaking to you. Life is speaking to you, trying to steer you in your life purpose direction. And then it's the fear. What will people think if I just go to France? Or what will people think if I start a flower shop? Who am I to do this? And I don't know how. So that's the fear stopping us. And we already talked about the reasons, you know, for this, you know, limiting beliefs and all of that. But the consequences are very big because if we continue ignoring these symptoms, and our symptoms can be that we're restless in life. We don't feel we're at the right place. We feel uncomfortable, um, maybe in our job. Uh, we can have physical ailments, actually, mm -hmm. uh, that we start getting. We can start to feel sad and restless, depressed. Now, these symptoms only get worse if we are not changing our lives. I have so many in my membership that have fatigue. And I believe fatigue is about pushing down your truth, suppressing who you are, because energy, we're energy. And if we are not expressing our truth and who we are as you know, souls or human beings, we are suppressing energy and this energy cannot die, but it has to go somewhere. So then it can turn itself inwards and become destructive because your soul and your body wants your attention. So when you're not, you know, expressing your creative force, it will become destructive because everything is life force. Creative force is life force. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, some, I mean, this is very personal, but this is my belief that people get sick of not living their truth. Dimming their lights makes people sick yes. because they're going against their nature, their natural selves. Your soul just wants you to be you, you know, authentic and lively. And, and if you are depressed and isolating and holding back, you're going against your body and your whole system. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to say about purpose is that your purpose is not egoistic at all. It has two missions. It is what we've been speaking about individually, expressing your truth and being who you are and uh, coming out with your talents and gifts and abilities in the, in the world. But the other one is being of service. Yes. 
So if you were holding back, you know, you wouldn't have brought all these beautiful videos out to the world. And maybe there are so many people who just needed to see this video that you put forward. So holding back on your purpose does not help the world. It's the opposite. There are people around who need what you have to give. That's where the divine is so intelligent. So that was my my webinar in very short. Yes, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, you articulated that so well. So if a person um, is trying to find their purpose and they, or let's say they are very, they know something they're passionate about, but they just can't get past everything because of fear. What would you say is like the first, the first few baby steps to push a person forward to, to start going towards their, the thing that makes them alive? Wow. It really depends individually. You know, what, what are they fearful about? Right, I think right. I would start to uh, go, you know, start the self-development journey. What is this fear really about? Yeah. Uh, start to look, what, what are the beliefs around this fear? Uh, and what is the worst thing that can happen? Yes. Because when you start to understand that we all have fears, and this is bio biological as well, we're afraid of uh, being uh, cast out of the herd because this is what is in us in our reptile brain thousands of years ago if we weren't accepted you know or lost the the tribe we could actually die so this is a part of you that is very active so just knowing that that it you know it's part of your humanity can maybe help you understand okay so Yes, I have fear. And the fear is actually just trying to protect me. It wants me to stay alive. Wow. So maybe I shouldn't judge my fear. It just wants me to stay alive. So if I go and do this concert, I'm just taking my own example. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can lose my voice on stage, but I, I'm not going to die. I mean, I, what, what is the worst thing that can what happen? What is the worst thing? Yes. That, that makes... people will ridicule me, but... You know, isn't it fair if I freeze up? Okay, I'll freeze up. Okay, what is the worst with that? Can I can I own that? You know, okay, I lost my voice. Can I own that and say, hey, I'm I'm sorry, I lost my voice. Many people have lost their voices. Many people have been frozen. So that can help you to ask, you know, what's the worst with that? What's the worst with that? And also understanding that your fear is trying to protect you. And then what I said to myself when I wanted to have that concert and I was dead scared. <laughs> and I was like, what if no one is showing up? And then I thought, well, my parents will. And there are two people. So then I have two people. That's <laughs> yes, yes, not zero. <laughs> and I said to myself, well, my joy and excitement is actually bigger than the fear. I, I want this more than I'm afraid. So I thought, okay, why don't I just follow that excitement, excitement? And yes, I'm nervous, but what, what if I think about that? It's not nervousness, it's excitement, it's excitement. So I started to shift my focus over to the joy. Oh my God, I so want to do this. And then I thought, hey, I'm going to do this as a gift to myself. Practice self-love. Okay, well, how do you practice self-love? Well, you give yourself what you want to do. So this is for me. 
And I think someone will enjoy it. So I'm being of service, but I'll do it for myself and my inner child, little Janneke, who wants to sing. So when I started working with this, I was like, well, this is a gift for me and I'm practicing self-love. And, you know, then I had an intention with it behind it all that made it less scary because I knew why I was doing it. And I think that can help you as well. So why are you doing it? Why do you want to do it? What is the big why? Focus on that. And then the fear is kind of like, oh, here you are again, trying to protect me. But there you are again. <laughs> yes, we have something in shamanism called the Blue Road. And part of the Blue Road is after going through the fire and kind of this, this transformation, or which could be many different things, but it's um, going, experiencing faith. And next comes trust and next is surrender. And trust is such a big part of it too. And listening, listening to that inner voice, that inner child. And knowing, I, I know you interviewed um, Robert Schwartz and um, I think he'll be coming on my show soon. And the pre-birth planning, that's really something to think about too, because it people believe that which I believe with all my heart there's a reason there are lessons to learn and there you're you have your own light to shine you know so just to trust trust that also I think is so important you know you talk about um meeting your future self and this all ties in with everything that you just talked about purpose and what makes me so happy and so can you talk about that a little bit yeah uh I like this uh I don't know this concept of the future so yes I actually have a meditation and I'll, I'll be happy to give it um free because I have a free meditation Wonderful. about meeting your future self uh, because what I realized uh, doing over 400 interviews on YouTube, I learned so much about time and yeah, uh, past lives and future lives. And what I realized is that everything is happening right now. So my future version is actually existing right now. And if we look at quantum physics, um, there are multiple possibilities that you and I have and we all have. So the highest version of me actually exists and I can access her right now. So what if I meet her and ask her questions about, you know, how is your love life and how is your economy and uh, how is your health? And do you have any recommendations or tip for me? How do I get there? So I made a meditation where you're actually meeting your future self and you go into this alpha state brainwave state and then you meet this highest version of yourself and you use your imagination because I I also believe like Einstein said imagination is everything it's a preview of life's coming attractions so when you've already seen it that means that you already start to manifest it at the same time and that's where this all becomes magical because are we creating it does it already exist uh, how is this working uh, however, then you meet your future self and you can ask him or her all these questions and uh, you can get, you know, some 
uh, help to, okay, what is my next step? How do I get where you are? And then in the meditation, you meld together and you kind of feel, how do I feel when I'm in my future self five years who has this amazing career and are helping so many people? It's about anchoring yourself in that feeling, in that energy. So you step into that energy. And then you we do a manifestation technique where you, yeah, um, put your wishes out in a, like a fireworks in the sky and stuff like that. But I, I really believe that we can tap into the resources of our future selves, uh, a higher version. And we just the same as we can work with inner child work, uh, which I have a course on now, like healing the blueprint of your inner child. We can also go to the future and look at what's there and communicate. It's, it's a great resource, actually, mm-hmm. that I think is just amazing. And I've met my future self many times and she's just so wise. And I remember I was in a breakup and I was like, I, when am I, I can't get over this. When am I going to get over this? And I can't picture my life without him. And she came and she was like, you will one day. And she was just so serene, so mature. And that gave me hope that one day I'll get over him. I'll get past this because I see that she's happy. So I get hope. So it is a brilliant way of just working with your own, I don't know, resources that are available to us all. Yes, you're right. It's a brilliant way. I I had William Stickevers on the show. Um, he's an astro- astrologist and he was talking exactly what you're, it, it's called, I think it's called a time loop, but where you actually pick even six, seven years, whatever you want, you know, in the future, and you actually write this down and you have a conversation about that date. Let's say it's in 2040 or something. <laughs> That's a little far away, but you have a conversation and voice, you know, use the throat chakra to, to, or pray or to explain to exclaim to the world about what you do want to manifest, to have the conversation that it is like it's already happened and you're talking about how exciting it is and what's coming up it's very much it's it's i think it's exactly like what you're talking about yeah meeting your higher self do you are you in meditation when you do um like meet your higher self and do some of this work yeah like um i have a meditation where i guide people through it right but you yourself let's say you know you've broken up with this guy and so on and so forth so do you go into a contemplative practice and that's when it happens or in dreams or when does when does it happen oh yeah yeah i have a very active dream life but uh this practice i've just done with uh closing my eyes and uh asking okay so can i meet my future self in five years and can you guide me and then i have a conversation with that that being (laughs) beautiful so yannica what do you think that we can do to help our young younger generation young children so that they can um of course everyone has to go through life's trials and tribulations in different ways but that maybe it's not quite so painful or it's not quite so limiting. Um, mm. What do you, what do you think we can do? 
oh, I wish we had this in school to teach people how to love themselves and also prepare them for life when it comes to emotions. Speak about emotions. That's not something we speak about in school. Teach the children, okay, this is this emotion. This is that emotion. And go through, for instance, when we're adults or when you get older, uh, not adults, but when you get older or even now, you can fall in love and you can be really hurt if that person leaves you. You can feel it in your body. Some feel it in the chest. Some feel it in the belly. You can feel rejected. That's normal. Like speaking about that, because we're not teaching that, you know, that's just life school. But I think we should prepare them because then they can become emotionally intelligent and not suppress their emotions, but hey, oh, all right, that's the rejection they spoke about, and that's this feeling, and I feel it here, and and obviously start to love themselves and understand more about that value, that they're valuable without needing to perform, uh, and self-esteem. I know some teachers in Norway are teaching children about self-esteem, which I think is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So actually start to implement the work that we're doing as adults and give it to children. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so true. Well, Janneke, this has been such a great conversation. Um, would you like to add any words of wisdom or what would you like to shout to the world? Well, An insight I just got recently was that uh, I was moving apartments and I was having all these boxes and tried to get an open door and it was just all a mess. (laughs) And then like this sentence dropped into my mind, Janneke, this moment is also holy. I was like, whoa, that's true. This moment where I'm just rushing and I just want to get up and there, this is also part of my life. My life is happening right now. And this moment is also holy. And that was a great insight that I sometimes think that these moments are more important and holy. And that moment is, I just have to get exactly. through that. Right. No, it's every moment. is just as holy. Mm. I think I just want to end with that, that life is not starting when you get a baby, when you get a, a partner, when you get that job. It's just, now the journey's now your life is now beautiful well thank you so much for coming on the show i can't wait to go on and i've explored your website but i haven't explored all the different webinars so i'm really excited about that so if people do want to find you how would they how would they do that they can find me on wisdomfromnorth.com and they can also find me on YouTube. It's also Wisdom from North. It's very easy. It's just Wisdom from North all, of the, all over the place on Facebook yeah. and on Instagram, actually. <laughs> That's like me. Interviews with innocence just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then we have like free gifts on my webpage and they're on wisdomfromnorth.com. Free gifts and you can find that Meet Your Future Self there. It's a free meditation. Great, great. And the inner child work and, and a lot more. Yes. Well, thank you. And yes, if you could send that meditation, that would be wonderful. And I can include that in the show notes too. Thank you for your work. Absolutely. I love it so much. That's a whole other story, finding my purpose in, in that sense. But it's brought me like I know it has you so much 
knowledge and comfort and and true joy oh, so goodness. much all the beautiful people people one meets you know it's just yeah. astonishing well thank you so much give norway a hug i've never been to norway but i've always wanted to come i'm gonna come there one of these days but thank you so much and you have um i don't even know what time is it there is it evening it's evening it's, it's evening <laughs> well have a great rest of your evening and i'm sure we'll thank be in touch thank okay. you much thank you Yannicka. bye Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.